0: Welcome to Broadcast with a capital BR. I I'm your host, Gio, and I'm joined by our new co-host, Dr. Shrimpley. And we thank you for clicking that play button. Doctor, how are you tonight?
1: Oh, man, you know, it's a great day. We're, we're going to be covering a lot of ALGS stuff today, which always gets me excited.
0: Yeah, man, if anything, it's exciting to have your expertise on the show. Um, and I think it's going to make for a great analysis when we go down and we talk about what we're going to learn from the pros It's just going to be sweet. And so um, we will definitely get into who Dr. Shrimply is and why he is here. And it will be exciting to learn a little bit about him before we actually venture into the ALGS content tonight. So broadcast is an apex legends podcast. It is your number one ultimate source of apex legends related content from news, deep dives to community related topics. We hope that you will join our quest for knowledge and mastery as we explore apex legends together. With that said, we would like to le- welcome any of our first time listeners. If you would like to become a part of the broadcast community, please visit our link tree at linktree forward slash br-, BR underscore broadcast, where you will find all of our links. So let's go ahead and get into the topics. So as far as the topics go tonight, um, of course, the last ALGS um, episode we actually did was just me solo. So this is going to be really interesting to have Dr. Strimpley's input here. Um, It'll make for a more exciting ALGS um, podcast and and more exciting content. So with that, our announcements uh, and quick topics will be the first thing we cover tonight. We will then cover the ALGS structure very, very quickly, because if you want to definitely, definitely, if you want to learn about the ALGS structure, I taught you that last ALGS episode. Right. So. Go listen to that. The first 16 minutes literally covers the structure. We'll go over it a little bit tonight, but we will not go in depth. Um, then we'll have the ALGS results as far as week two for the North America region. And then we'll lastly learn from the pros. We're basically the entire time I'm watching, I'm taking notes and we're going to share them with you and give our opinion on them. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into the show announcement. So for the first first thing is I just want to say I apologize to Africa. The entire continent of Africa, I have failed you. Um, I called the EMEA group the Europe, Middle East, and Asia group last week. And it is actually the Europe, Middle East, and Africa group. So sorry, Africa. Uh, We thank you for your representation in the ALGS. And I will never, never do that again. So um, yeah, sorry there. The next thing is a very exciting thing. It not, has nothing to do with the podcast, but I definitely wanted to bring it out. So Pontus uh, Bigston, I guess that's how you say it, right, Shrimply? I have no idea. Yeah,
1: Pontus Bigston, also known as at Chef Pontus. Solid
0: there you thing. go. Yeah, so he said he put out a tweet that said, Today, all of ALGS Pro League receives their own private custom server. This means teams can finally expand their practice regime. Sorry. It's a huge milestone for all competitors. Thank you, Play Apex Esports, for making it happen. So this is huge, right? Um, oh, yeah, these, massive. Dude, massive. These guys now, instead of waiting for scrims to happen with current ALGS teams – They can now get teams um, from within their organization teams that they know, and then just get together and have scrims that way. And these teams that they're scrimming against might even be better than some of the LGS teams because, and maybe they just didn't get to get in there. And it also gives teams that didn't even make it to LGS, the chance to maybe hop into some scrims with these pros so that whenever the challenger circuit comes up or any other circuits come up that they can maybe make their way into some of the LGS games. Right? So this is extremely huge. This is allows them to jump into um, their own lobbies, create their own types of games, and and just have fun that way. So, definitely a great job by Apex and Play Apex Esports for getting that to our ALGS team. So, um, you know, we can't thank you enough because the more practice these guys have, the better strats they're going to come up with and the better content we're going to be able to provide, baby. Oh,
1: um, and on that. That, that actually ahead. is two big things for us that most people don't realize. So one, not only is like you said, it can make, it means they can make their own scrims where they can invite more people that want to have that chance, you know, to bump elbows with some of the best apex has to offer and maybe even discover more better, like more, better man, better teams. Got it. We're getting through this together as a team here, <laughs> but yeah. that's one step closer to private lobbies for everybody.
0: Oh yeah, man. And, and it does kind of sting a little bit. And some people have alluded to that. It does sting that they're getting it and we don't have private lobbies yet. Um, But like you said, this is just maybe, um, you know, that look into the window of what could happen next for us as a, you know, casual public player. So um, with that, we actually have our first event coming up tomorrow. Big event, first pop, pop pop-up kill race. Um, And basically what it is, is from 8 p.m. CST to 12 a.m. CST, you're going to jump into the Shadow Royale, Royale event and get as many kills as possible each kill is worth one point there is no placement points so basically at the end of every game you'll then take a screenshot where you'll show me how many kills you have then you'll use discord to send that to me at geo number four five seven four again that's geo number four five seven four so you'll send me those screenshots after the time period happens or even while it's going on i don't care bombard me with images i'd love to see it Um, And then at the end of that, I will then tally up the scores, tally up the number of kills where whoever wins will get a thousand Apex coins. But there's something else. If you stream with a costume on, not talking about teeth, I'm talking about the full fledged stream. I mean, I want you if you're going to be if you're going to be fused, I want that shirt off. I want you wet. I want you wet, baby. And so, you know, we definitely want to see that, um, you know, stream. And then you will be featured on our Twitter, our Twitch, and most and likely our new Instagram page, which is BR.broadcast. Right? What else do they so, get, though, for dressing up in costume? They get an extra 10 points towards their kills, right? So, And this could be huge, right? We've seen points mean everything between first or second place. Um, this could get you the win and get you the 1,000 Apex coins that you're definitely going to want to have. Before the next season drops, in, I mean, just a few days, right?
1: Just a few days of what I like to think is going to be the craziest one yet. But a thousand Apex
0: coins is a lot. It is. I mean, it's it's a good it's good. It buys you the Battle Pass. Um, right now, I just bought a Loba skin with a Prowler skin on a. Uh, Sick. Um, yeah, with a Prowler skin <laughs> for only a thousand. So you can get it right. We definitely want that Loba skin. Yeah, and um, this is free, right? Yeah, yeah, free. Completely so just jump free in. To enter and do it. So, uh, the next free stuff is definitely you want to join the dropping spicy tournament. Um, it's called the tropic thunder tournament. It happens on November 5th. This will be after storm point drops. And so basically if you want to do that, just make sure to go to the mash where you can get to the mash those button discord to learn more information about that. Then we will have on November 6th, the day after we will have Elmer Fudd's tournament where then we will then drop again in Stormpoint. And his tournaments are on point. If you've never been in them, they are casted. And both of these tournaments are actually casted. Um, But then on Elmer's in particular, they have a live leaderboard, which gives you updates you right away on where you are in placement. Um, You get a full, I think, two hours to drop in. Um, It's extremely fun um, and extremely good time with Elmer Foot.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I just want to say for both of these tournaments, for one, ExoMat and Adam Bomb will be casting it. I will also, fun fact, be helping keep score for that tournament. All right. But when you go over there and you are going to join it, don't forget to tell them that the BR Broadcast Boys sent you over there. And then for the Elmer mm-hmm. Fudd Tournament, be ready for the most fun time I think that you will ever have playing oh, yeah. Apex.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely fun. Um, and then we, of course, want to support Apex. By once again, and I, like I said, I will probably uh, note this every time until I see it change. Um, the stream re- steam review for Apex is currently set at mixed. It's not at very positive anymore. We want you to go leave a very positive review on Steam for Apex because it's important that their reviews are listed as very positive so that more people will play the game. So definitely go ahead on over to Steam where you can leave that review and show some Apex show Apex some love.
1: Oh yes, so, definitely for sure on that. Like these men and women that work on this game that we love so much play probably way too much. Um, they they work really hard for this, and we want to make sure that they know that we thank them for it. I, and I know from personal experience that Steam has had a lot of issues recently. Give them time, and and just let them know that we're here and that we're gonna stick with them.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know that's just exactly what I've been doing the last two years, sticking with this and really enjoying it. So. Um, with that, let's go ahead and talk about Dr. Shrimply. So, Dr. Shrimply says he is a mild entertainer. He is also a caster. And let me get this right the Chicken Esports. Correct? Chicken Coop Esports. Chicken Coop Esports, where he casts games. He not only does the casting, but he also does analysis as the games are going on. So, he has to quickly think and look at the games as they're happening and be able to talk about what's going on as a team plays throughout any map. So, that's a big thing to have. And that's an asset that we here at Broadcast recognize as to be valuable. And so what we're going to do here is simply just go over who is Dr. Shrimply. So, Dr. Shrimply, you've been given some questions, Um, of course. Why don't you just go ahead and tell us about your history?
1: All right, a little quick, little usurped from the, the greatness that is the legend of Dr. Shrimpley. So as far as like my family, I got me and my son. He's three. If you've uh, seen the last tournament we did, he made a surprise appearance and tried to get those teams to really pump themselves up for the next game by saying, go faster, kill them. Terrifying from a three-year-old, but I loved every second of it. Um, <laughs> as far as like jobs, hobbies and stuff, of course, my hobbies, Apex, casting, um, listening to podcasts, maybe a little too much. Uh, um, I push carts for a living so that I can spend all of my mental fortitude. What three brain cells I have left on content and apex. (laughs) Hey,
0: do what you love, man. Do what you love. And what about your apex history? How long have you been playing apex? Um, and how has that been for you over these years?
1: So mine is a little weird. So when apex first came, I was day one for about a week. (laughs) And uh, I was having a bad time with BRs and just decided that maybe maybe BRs aren't my thing. So I left. I returned like about a week before season nine. And for whatever reason, the game just stuck its dirty little hooks in me. And I haven't been able to quit yet. I did take a small break at the end of this last season. Just had a lot of things going on. But ever since season nine, this game has held on to me and hasn't let me leave.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's exactly what happened to me. I think me and Kenner dropped around the beginning of the first of, you know, the first air, whatever I said, no, this is not for me. And then he was like, Hey, I want you to do a podcast with me. And then, and so I gave it one more shot. And then I've been playing since the, since basically season zero is, you know, how long I've been playing. So a very long time. So let's go over some apex related questions with you. So first off, who's your favorite legend? Who do you want to show some love to?
1: So right now I do have three current favorite legends because it's one for play style I love me some Fuse. Oh, Fuse is always going to be me favorite. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. boys. Ah! All right. And then after that, as far as like lore goes, it's, it's, it's Pathfinder, just the way his character is as well. If it wasn't for Fuse, Pathfinder would be the one I play all the time and listen to speak. And oh, then yeah. I don't want to be a statistic. All right. But I got to show my love to Loba because I play her religiously in arenas.
0: <laughs> oh, man. She's so good. And you play her so well in that format and that that type of game style, um, you know, and you might be seeing, you need to switch back to that pathfinder because pathfinder looks very strong on storm point. I know we don't want to go in get into it today, but as far as the verticality of that map and going uphill the entire way, the, I watched a lot of people play pathfinder and they really enjoyed him because of his ability to get up the hills quickly. So big thing happening there. Big, big things. Big
1: things.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then your favorite map. So which one's your favorite map?
1: So it's going to sound crazy, but my favorite one is actually the new one encore for arenas that map. Oh, it just makes me even more excited for Stormpoint because if they took the same care into that map, like they say, they have two years of development that, Oh, I'm excited mm. for that solid, but I think right now it's gotta be Olympus and the way it looks. I hate playing on it. God, I hate playing that map with a passion. <laughs> I, Oh, when it was in ranked, I wanted to cry, but I love the way it looks. Oh, mm. and plus it has, you know, pathfinders, uh ring there. Oh,
0: Oh yeah. And I would say like, as far as like looks wise now, I think storm points a pretty map. But whenever, uh, you know, Olympus launched, I remember seeing the just difference between, you know, World's Edge and King's Canyon that Olympus brought. And I really enjoyed how it looked. This new map storm, this new map storm point just doesn't, it didn't get to me like Olympus did as far as aesthetics go. I think it's great. And I think that there's a lot to offer, but Olympus really just stole my heart whenever it first got launched. So. Definitely like Olympus. Well, for
1: me, it's, I think I agree with you on the Storm Point one, but that's because I think we already have Olympus. I think if we didn't have Olympus, that it would be the one that mm-hmm. changes it because it, it would be bringing all that color. But Olympus was here first, even though it's got a strange color palette, but I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so with that, what would be your favorite POI on each one of the maps?
1: All right. So King's Canyon, it's caustic because he's disgusting mm-hmm. and I love that place. All right, mm-hmm. plus you know, free guns. All right, and then we're gonna so go bunker? bunker. Yeah, the no, not bunker. It's no. the caustic oh, town takeover new, spot. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, and of course,
0: DOI. It's sad that caustic. Whenever you say the word caustic, it makes me think more of bunker than his actual town takeover. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> uh, screw bunker. Uh, <laughs> I hate dying there so much in those god awful tunnels. All right, and then for world's edge, I'm a sucker for um, what is it, bloodhound spot. I love it. I love the, the, trials. the whole trials. Yeah, trials. Yeah. I remember what it was. And I, I just love the way it looks. And it, mm-hmm. it, It's that splash of color that World's Edge simply does not have. It is doom yeah. and gloom, which it needs to be. But I like that little splash of color of what could have been before they destroyed everything.
0: Yeah. And, of yeah. course,
1: for Olympus, it's, it's got to be the ring. I'm always mm-hmm. wel- welcoming a good punch out. I'm Mike Tyson, baby. Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ring has been... Uh, a landing spot for me for a while because the loot there is really, really, really good. So uh, why do you oh, the rotations? Yeah, rotations yeah. definitely. Oh. So you get the loot up and then you can rotate to some better loot. Um, so so far, I mean, that has been a great town takeover um, with that that area of the map. Why don't you go ahead and tell me which one's your favorite mode? Do you enjoy BR the most, or do you enjoy uh, arenas the most?
1: It's actually just ranked.
0: Right, it's pretty yeah. much all
1: I play. Though I do I do kind of slightly prefer the BR but that's just cuz I'm better at it and I've been playing it longer than I did the arenas which is still relatively new but the the BR is there's something unique about being the better player not just in a shootout but being smart about your rotations where you're going to hold when to fire when you get close to end circle which will be big later everybody mm. end circles
0: are big <laughs> <laughs> extremely yeah ranked is my favorite mode as well so that's that's really good that we're going to have kind of the and, and the reason I mean, you can definitely see we're covering ALGS um, because ranked is one of our favorite modes. We enjoy that competitive play style. And so obviously that's what draws us to ALGS. And so with that, what is your favorite? What is your play style? Is it aggressive? Is it passive? Are you survivalist? What do you look to do in each and every game where you drop?
1: See, this is why me and you need to play BR more, but we've been playing a buttload of arenas because you needed mm-hmm. to get to plat. So when it comes to BR, I am very aggressive right off drop. If I land hot, I'm going to grab a gun, find whoever's near me, and I'm taking them. They're becoming a statistic on my way to the top. But usually <laughs> after about that, it, it dies off until in round. I don't want to make any noise. I don't want to attract the entire lobby on my forehead while little Timmy's just smack me upside the ding dong going, ah, I'm just like, no, I don't want that. But right off drop, I want to hurry up and get early KP. It's just as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, man, Uh, man, just, uh, just the name Timmy brings fear to the hearts of many in ALGS.
1: (laughs) Especially if it's Timmy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like I heard that during the play test, uh, I heard third party mention that it was them two, Shay and Henry and simply Ashton. And they were in, um, in command p- command center or whatever that is mm-hmm. and i and timmy was in there with them and just completely wrecked them like didn't even blink it was crazy so so
1: little little flash forward for a minute i just want to say
0: sheesh, sheesh
1: is insane <laughs> exactly. that team has probably some of the most potential out of anyone
0: yeah, I mean, just they, they can do boy. a lot, and it, we'll definitely talk about them, if anything, just to mention them, because they are they are worth mentioning because of the personalities on yeah, that for team. Sure. So let's go ahead and move into our first um, point here. Um, it is ALGS structure. So basically, I just want to give you a little bit of highlight of my voice just cracked real bad. No, it oh, didn't. We'll God. ignore it. Well, no, yeah, I am a man. I'm a, I'm a freaking man. I'm a real boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have split one where there's teams split into four groups of ten. Basically, they're put into an A, a B, a C, or D category, right? So for like, you know, the United States for not United States for North America, you have ten teams in A, ten teams in B, ten teams in C, and ten teams in D. And each week, a different group will face a different group. So You know, for instance, this week, I believe we had A versus B and C versus D, whereas last week we had A versus C and B versus D. And so, what this actually causes is a difference. You'll start seeing differences in play style um, for the entire lobby based upon who's playing in these games. So, it's really interesting to see how that, uh, you know, comes out as these different teams take on each other. They think of how the other teams play. Um, either like you know, they, maybe they drop with familiarity. Well, then you'll see the whole lobby being playing positional, right, rather than aggressive and trying to get kills. So it's extremely exciting to see. Well, well, after the split one occurs, we will have the at risk teams facing uh, the challenger circuit, where only eight teams will remain, right? So eight teams will return back um, in order to play in split two or the split one playoffs as well. Once split one ends we will then have the split one playoffs where the top 3 teams from the split one playoffs will get a golden ticket that takes them straight to the championships once that occurs split 2 will be happen all those other teams will be moved back into split 2 and will face off again in the ABCD format then of course we will have another split 2 playoffs and then of course after that we will have the championships and so we have a lot going on. Um, just know that in the next three or four weeks, what we will be covering, right? So last week, we actually covered Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, so if you haven't went back and listened to that, make sure you do. Um, this week, we are covering the North America region and their match three and four. Next week, we will cover Asia Pacific North is match five and or four and five. After that, we'll cover Asia Pacific um, South match seven and eight. And then on December 5th, the week of that, we will cover the South America match number 11. And so basically we'll cover each week all the way up to the playoffs. Then we'll have a playoffs episode. I think after playoffs happen, they usually take a break for Christmas and around that time. And then split two will occur. And then we will follow the same format. And what we are doing here is we are trying to cover every region that Um, specifically in an episode so that you find out what the best teams are in these regions. So when we go to talk about playoffs and talk about who's there, you will understand how they got there, why they're there and what they have done to get there. So it is extremely exciting for us as we go through this, because not only is it we're talking about the best teams here, but it gives me and Dr. Shrimply a chance to figure out what what uh, people make up each team. What is the best, you know, what does what each team, do they drop uh, for familiarity? Um, you know, what do they do that makes them better than the rest? And so when playoffs come, we'll really get to see these teams shine um, as they take on a lobby of 20 teams that are just ruthless and have fought their way through five weeks of crazy play in the ALGS. So, Dr. Shrimpley, do you have anything you'd like to say about um, the structure?
1: It's it's their gaming chairs. That's what makes it better. <laughs> <Their
0: gaming chairs. laughs> exactly, exactly. It's the gaming chairs. It's the it's the quality of mics. It doesn't even matter yeah. if they have a mouse keyboard or a controller. If they just have a good mic in their good gaming chair, they yeah. come out on top. It's,
1: it's their comms and their comfort of their seat it gets them through to the end.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so, one thing that I want to do before we move on to the results is definitely highlight the placement points and the kill points for each match and I'm talking about during a d- a game day, a group will play six matches where they will fight for placement points and kill points and what that looks like is placement if you get first place you get 12, second nine, third seven, and anything below that who gives a who cares? Right. Nobody um, cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, and then after that, you get one point for each kill. So while placement does bring a lot of points, we are seeing that teams are getting a lot more points because they get the kills, right? So that you know, we'll see these teams fight it out as they um, not only go for placement, but go for kills so that they can come out on top at the end of the day. So – Again, I would like to remind you that if you would like to find the information that I'm talking about, you can go to EA.com forward slash games forward slash Apex Legends forward slash compete forward slash over, overview forward slash rules. And we will put that in the description for you to find, but definitely go there where you can read all the rules and regulations that each team had to look at in order to sign up for the ALGS. Um, so with that, Dr. Shrimply, why don't you go ahead and go into topic two, the ALGS results, and talk about the li- overall leaderboard as we go into week two. All
1: right. So with that, we had, what is that, Sentinels with 12 points. Looks like they got just some solid games in. Sunok, Crusted, Lou, awesome players. They They did what they came to do and played their hearts out and it looks like it really paid off we had space station right behind them also with 12 but due to the points they ended up getting second place instead of first and apparently i don't know if y'all know this but if y'all did watch it zennial had an insane Mm -hmm. valve play at the end circle which i think oh man it was it was nuts
0: (laughs) yeah oh man dude he like so like Imagine like being claustrophobic in a circle full of people that you don't want to touch, and then you're just Valk. So you decide to fly out, and you you look down, and everybody below you is bleeding to death. But one guy standing there, and he's 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 roughed up, but he, he needs to die. And then you just shoot them uh, rockets right into his face as you float back down to gain the victory. That is exactly what Xenial did in in week one of the ALGS, and it was. Freaking disgusting! And man, with the Sentinels, if you haven't watched Lou stream, go do it. He's one of the most re- relaxed, laid back guys, but he's also one of those guys. I think he has he did like this one thing where he went from bronze to apex legend or apex predator in one stream, or or like bronze to masters or something. It was absolutely nutty.
1: Yeah, him and him and Timmy are c- crazy. S- simple mm-hmm. as that. They're they're bonkers. I don't yeah. know how they do it. I couldn't.
0: No, thank you. Uh, So who took third place? Third
1: place was Noble with nine points. Uh, That's Impulse, Rack, and Lucas. They fought real hard. They showed that they were here for the long haul, and they pushed Mm -hmm. and pushed and pushed. And you know what? Third place still isn't no slouch, and neither is nine points. They're only three behind the other two teams who were tied for first and second. Mm -hmm. Esports Arena also had nine, which, again, due to how the points work, they got the fourth instead of the third. That's Doplex Skittle Cakes, and Verhulst. <laughs> hey, that was hard.
0: <laughs> hey, man, I want to be on your team. Um, my name's Skittle Cakes. <laughs> oh. it, there ain't no Skittles to mess with, though, and you can take those cakes, right? So All, all uh, I'm saying
1: is, is there somebody named It's Timmy slaughtering kids in a public lobby right now?
0: Yeah, there is. And <laughs> with that, why don't we go and give a special sh- uh, shout-out to our favorite in fifth. Well, my favorite. I don't know if I you agree. have a favorite. It's all right, them. So, our favorite is, what's our favorite called? Sheesh. So <laughs> We have Nicewick, A Praise, and Timmy with seven points in fifth place. And and to be honest with you, the reason we specially shout them out is, man, I am in Nicewick's Discord. I watch his streams while I'm at work. I watch his streams at home. And he is just the most down-to-earth guy. He is funny. He is exciting. He killed me in a lobby once. So I have that. <laughs> Um, He was a Wraith and actually acknowledged me on stream as after he killed me, I went to a stream, told him he killed me and then he apologized for killing me. Like, no, (laughs) somebody like like Timmy wouldn't have apologized. Right. So,
1: well, sort um, of, he probably would have shot your corpse real quick and then moved
0: on. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then Timmy is one guy that just brings um, the attitude that you need for apex legends. And not only that, but his just knowledge of the BR genre in general, is just worth. It's worth tuning into a stream and listening. So to see these guys in the ALGS, the number one, uh, the number one controller player, along with Timmy and Appraise, um, great team here, and we look forward to what they can do in the future. Why don't you go ahead and give us the match day number three with NA A versus B teams to watch.
1: All right, so. On this, I just want to say that Cloud9 has pure insanity, all right? So TSM, which is Imperial Howl, Snipe Down, and Reps, solid team. Honestly, that's, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to have to say it, that's probably the best team there is, Mm -hmm. like, at least on paper. And I might be a little biased. Uh, I loved Snipe Down back in the Halo days, so I'm a little biased. But they did have a rough week one because Cloud9 decided to play mind games by grieving them in their streams all week, and it looks <laughs> like it paid off to at least some degree.
0: Yeah, it did. I mean, even in week two here, they just didn't come and and really do what we see should have come from people like Imperial and Night. I mean, these are people that you're paying a college credits worth of money to go get taught by, and they're not able to take Cloud Nine down. And Cloud Nine is one crazy group of kids, man. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, so who's our second team that we want to watch?
1: Energy, which as a fan of sweets, I one hundred percent back this. All Mm. right, eighty three thousand they have won this year. Just that's a big number. Yeah. Okay. Especially with COVID
0: going on, huge number.
1: Rocker Um, Nathan and Sweet are they're a solid group, and they did some just insane stuff, especially in circles. There was a couple times where uh, I really thought they were going to get just knocked out, and they still managed to make it to third, especially when they lost their third in one of the games, and they still managed to wipe a team. To I think they snatched second place in that one. It was just Sweet, and I um, think it was Nathan that was with him.
0: Nuts. Yeah, man. And I think Sweet, the reason I like Sweet is I think he is the one guy that on his Twitch, is, he has the picture of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Uh-huh. As a, dude, <laughs> I'm I'm like a scooby do freak like if there's one thing you want to talk to me it's about um anime was now i'm i'm a mainstream um noob and weeb okay like naruto (laughs) attack on titan and all that so if you want to talk to me about that i'm a scooby-doo freak where i love every episode of scooby-doo and i'm also a disney lover as most people don't know this but i've actually been in six musicals in my life so i don't look like it i don't sound like it but but yeah, That's so crazy. Um, my but- favorite music is actually musicals. So um, this guy having uh, Shaggy as a picture of his uh, as his Twitch stream um, personality, I ah, just love it. But who's our who's our third team to look at?
1: Renegades, which is oh, man, saucer, yes. pow pow, and Vaxlin. And I did get to watch a little bit of the LGS where they were in there. And I gotta say, I th- I really believe that they have what it takes to to compete with energy and tsm and all of them and just really give us a good showing of just what mm-hmm. apex algs is
0: yeah and i believe they were in season 1 as well um where they put out i remember hearing the like i remember as coming into apex legends pro play as a new person one of the first names i heard was renegade and um, I have since followed them and and got to see them shine here again this week. So why don't we go ahead and do that? So you know, like last week or like, like the week, uh, yeah, last week, I went over all of the games and talked about what happened. So we're going to do that again in my best narrative theatrical voice. I can do it in. Um, and oh, and, you've and, got this. And you can ask Dr. Shrimpley, these are some detailed stuff. Like I actually paid attention to every game. I mean, when I literally say I watched every game, I was in there with my kids taking notes on my iPhone because my wife was at work watching these games. And so um, I definitely want to bring you the best content I can. So let's go ahead and talk about game one. So chaos begins early during the round three, where 17 teams are fighting to try to decide if they should pick fights with each other, right? So these are just 17 teams trying to say, am I going to rotate? What team am I going to land into? Right? So with the in circle looking to be situated around dome, teams already begin to sit up in buildings inside and outside of dome. We get a chance to listen to cloud nine where their comms are about as chaotic as you can get. And so basically what we have here is we have cloud nine, coming in from launch site up the hill to dome where they get to the top of dome, get in a team versus a one t- a team versus team fight. And basically two of the teammates go down and it's right there on the edge and the circle starting to push them. And you just hear cloud nine show, keep shooting, shoot, shoot, shoot. Like, I mean, these dudes are just complete douches to each other. But as we've seen their comms work, well, of course they meet their demise. We then have the in ring. It has four teams and there's only one building. So Charlotte Phoenix takes the win coming from inside the building. They had been in there all match. They had sat there quiet, been patient. Um, you had TSN on top, one of the top teams and you had NRG outside of your door. What do you do next? You just simply walk out and you slam. That's exactly what you do next. And that's what Charlotte Phoenix did here with a composition of Givy, Bloodhound and Octane. And Dr. Shrimply, the one thing I loved about this match was it was a perfect showing of of Gibby's abilities in an area where there isn't much cover. Because as you saw the circle coming in, you had Gibby domes, like six of them in a line where the dome shell kind of overlooks the buildings. They were out there with the Dibby, uh, Gibby domes just sitting in them because the circle was moving in. And if they would have stepped out of them, the other teams around them would have completely demolished them. So that oh, yeah. was so, a great game.
1: Before we move to game two, I want to point out a big thing about Gibby that people tend to forget. And it's what cost TSM their victory in that. They had the victory. Mm-hmm. They go to throw the Gibby bubble and they throw it too far, and it leaves the entire underside completely yep. open to NRG, who is in by far the most insane position I think I've ever seen. They don't have cover except this tiny sliver by the stairs looking up where they can't be seen. And because of that, when they throw the Gibby shield out, they light them up from underneath, which forces him to have to drop down. And then that's when Charlotte comes in and just mops him up.
0: Great, great game one um, showed us exactly what was going to happen in the next Five game. So we had game two with a circle looking to be at Lava Fisher. Teams fight to secure the circle placement as teams are taken down slowly while some teams set up in Lava Fisher to get the placement. Points right, so teams are getting in the buildings around F- Lava Fisher, getting ready for a circle that could come their way. The end circle is actually be to be revealed just northeast of Lava Fisher, right below the high ground of Countdown. So this is a little area that, of course, has a flat area and then goes up to the hill into Lava Fisher. So you have NRG and Cloud Nine who survive squad fights as they make their way in the final circle. Cloud9 then takes the win against a lonely sweet, a poor little sweet that's sitting there trying to just survive using his wraith abilities to portal in or, you know, phase in and phase out, but he's not able to do so. And they claim that easy dub again with a Gibby, a bloodhound and an octane composition. So this game was just fun. It was interesting to watch. It wasn't as hype as the first game, but the overall play um, about cloud nine in order to cause the final kill to be such an easy situation for them was uh, just a mixture of uh, uh, just a perfect storm for them. Right.
1: Oh yeah. And I, and I will say if anyone's worried in the new season, that Ash is going to replace Wraith, you're dead wrong. That, yeah. that game shows how powerful Wraith can be. It just, mm, I don't think sweet would have lasted nearly as long if, if he was anyone else.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're definitely going to be talking about that in future shows about what Ash will bring to the game, to LGS, and who exactly do we think that Ash will replace. We've got ideas and you need to be listening in future shows to find that out. So game three, we have Circle will be between Epicenter and Overlook. Um, Of course, we got a valley there. Teams drop smart in order to gain loot, such as TSM at Climatizer. Final ring looks to be be between the cliffs and RVs at the north part of Overlook, right? So you have a little bit of cover both on the backside of the cliffs, but also in the RVs. Cloud nine or C9, who everybody is looking at at this point, puts themselves in great position on the cliffs as the rest of the teams congregate over by Overlook. Six squads are alive as the final circle encloses. NRG uses their patience and sheer gunplay to take the win from cloud nine and bench warmers who had better positions over them, the entire final circle. It is the smart play that brings the win. And this is the first time we see a composition change for the winning team with a Gibby a Valk. And then again, Wraith, right? So yep. sick game. Sick so- game
1: the the biggest thing that was a smart play was the fact that sweet in his infinite wisdom is using the biggest clunkiest man in the game as a human shield he his buddy is knocked the gibby's down and he hides and ducks in and out from behind him while his buddy keeps that knocked or the knockdown shield up to keep him alive and i know that his health had to have been dwindling but because of some good dancing even though there wasn't a bubble shield and just good shots. He was able to grab that one. And I thought that was just
0: nuts, man. Sweet. Is such a good, such a good player. It's such a game. I think he is the team leader on that group actually. So he is such a good guy. Such a good guy. All right. So then we have game four circle looks to be placed by geyser and big mod. Yeah. Yeah. Rampart or some love final mm-hmm. circle looks to be at the high point of geyser teams drop like flies as the, in early rounds, uh, three and four as a circle starts to move in high grounds chokes and buildings are full of teams trying to figure out where to rotate next and what fights to push plenty of action occurs as only five teams remain as the fifth circle closes Hal is back on crypto from Bloodhound making great scans and plays three teams wait for the final circle as each are in positions that could be where they could be wiped at any time if they make the wrong move Cloud9 maintains the high ground while taking out TSM and Premier with fashion, right? So Cloud9 had the high ground on that, uh, I think it's the northern part of Geyser, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 north, it's the northeast part of Geyser. They maintain that high ground. Um, TSM falls to Cloud9. TSM does a really, really good job at, at wrapping around and downing, or no, cloud nine does a really good job of wrapping around and downing members of TSM with an L star. And then premier kind of comes out the building and just, they're just not as good as cloud nine. Let's just be honest. Just not.
1: So the biggest thing here is once again, Gibby shows exactly why he is a staple. If you are trying to get into the pro scene and you're not running a Gibby, first off, you're crazy, That's okay. You do you, but I always recommend bringing a Gibby, especially if you're playing for money, for instance, because he's too strong. Just that alt is nuts. And a lot of those got dropped left, right, and center. Those things were everywhere. Just just what is it? The the artillery stuff just coming down on top of everybody mm-hmm. along with it, those yeah. Gibby bubbles saving them. It was yeah. it was insane.
0: And they had the Gibby, the Bloodhound, and the Octane, so they were able to rotate quickly, but also have the ability to scan if they needed to, which helped them in this final circle. So then we have game five where three teams die early while the other teams chill in fragment East and West as the circle is set to move in the Northern portion of fragment West near the lava stream. And barely with barely any cover teams are using every crevice they can find in order to not take damage. It is cloud nine as they are hungry for blood as they take out teams from all directions. I mean, you should definitely go back and watch game five and just watch cloud nine you know, put dominance on this entire lobby there at the end, but it's unlucky who take the W with the ring coming in with a lucky win with only one kill while cloud nine rep brings in 15 kills. So, you know, while, uh, the placement points count cloud nine will beat them as far as placements go, or as far as placement goes with this game, just simply because of the 15 kills and unlucky really grabs that win Um, with very little skill it's uh they really just push in whenever only one person on cloud nine is available to fight and uh they kill him that's it it's the only kill they get so
1: i i understand why they were holding back and they were waiting but cloud nine getting 15 kills at a second place just dwarfs what unlucky Mm -hmm. did to get a win like, yeah. points-wise, the 15 kills, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, that gets you more points than mm-hmm. the first-place placement at all. Plus, they got second oh, yeah. place, like which is big for them. And not to yeah, mention, they were using Gibby, Wraith, and Caustic, which is yeah. my favorite setup. It's just
0: nasty. Yeah, yeah. Gibby, Wraith, Caustic, great setup. Um, too bad that it was being used by a team that is just that third-party person that sits back and only gets kills whenever they know they can win, right? Um, right. Then we had... Game six, where this is big, the third place team, TSM, goes out first, right? The teams rotate to try and figure out where to position with a weird final circle looking to be near thermal station. Teams hold back from pushing despite winning KP to try to secure the win because this is the final game of the day. The final circle comes in at a slightly north of the high building just south A thermal station seven teams get wiped and leave four teams to fight to earn more points towards their day scores. Renegades, the boys, completely demolished the final team through passive aggressive play and smart map rotation. And again, the Gibby comes out on top here. Renegades are below all three teams as they're fighting up top. They use the bombardment to come down in between them so that they can rotate um, to go up to the high ground and secure that final win. And in the ultimate fight, they, they even get past everybody with the high ground um, there and then are able to completely wipe that team in order to secure the win. So it's a great play by them and, and a huge, and I believe they actually, um, I think what I remember seeing is that they actually had an octane or it might've been cloud nine. One of them had an octane and they jumped over the group to get the high ground. So octane is pretty relevant whenever you're trying to gain that high ground advantage, especially if two teams in your way are fighting each other. Well, what are they, they are going to look above them in order to fight. They're going to try to fight everybody in front of them. So in this play octane made sense, right? Um, oh, yeah. So with that, you know, the leaders from day one, come out with Cloud9, almost getting that 100 points that we hoped for. They actually get 97 points for the day. I mean, these guys were just killing it. There was no one that could touch them because in second place for the day was NRG with only 78 points. And then third place was so far behind with almost, almost half as many points as Cloud9 at 59 Renegades. But hey, as long as Renegades can be mentioned in that top three, I'm a pretty happy person because they are one of my favorites as well. Um, oh, yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about that first day oh, just to throw out there?
1: I mean, it's it just goes to show, especially in the last game, that it doesn't matter who you are or how good you are, literally anything can happen in ALGS. I mean, on I think I would say on paper – TSM is supposed to be the dominating powerhouse, especially as most people give Imperial how like the number one spot. And yet we see here that they got a little antsy, got a little out of place and got punished for it. And Renegades was able to come in and grab a third place. That's
0: big. And I mean, while on paper is great, we'll eventually talk about those, you know, those top teams in week two and whoever is on the top leaderboard. And let me just go and give you a little highlight TSM is barely in the top 10. That's that's how crazy this has turned out for them. Right. So why don't you go ahead and give us um match so match day number four was in A and it was group C and D. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about the teams to watch? All right. Teams to watch.
1: Of course, Sentinels, you know, Sinoak, and Crust, great team. Dominated mm-hmm. most of the teams in week one. So you know, expected to remain dominant. Ninety-two points, which on its own is insane, but it gets better. With forty-two of those points were kills. Crazy. What? Yeah. Insane. Just what? Lou, Mm -hmm. just telling you, it gets crazier. Lou, who decides that she doesn't need teammates? See, or he decides he doesn't need teammates. i hate the name i'm not smart enough for this but they take on a (laughs) 1v3 like it's a regular day at the office no Mm -hmm. teammates no problem lou says Mm -hmm. and wipes the team which is just mind boggling at this level
0: of play exactly and then our second team is a very very promising team who's that
1: that would be space station which is xenio dropped Mm -hmm. and frexus another insanely strong team. They look real strong in week one, as we already know. So the pressure was on to hold that kind of hype, hold that energy and that momentum. The hosts of ALGS say that they are a team to watch and exemplify what it means to be a competitive apex player. And you know what? I wholeheartedly agree.
0: I I do too. I think that their play, especially even in week two, you know, I watched them in week one that Zeno play, like I said, with the Valk is huge. Um, and then in week two, they, you know, they bring back the same composition uh, most of the time to secure the win there. So huge points there. Um, but why don't you go ahead and tell us our teams to watch number three, um, which we are excited to hear about.
1: And, and I fully agree that these are some of the most compassionate players. And I it just, they really are. They start out as content creators. These are not pro players from the get-go these are people who are just prominent members of the community who just want to showcase their skill which they have the high amounts of skill the the, Mm -hmm. these they know how to play all right and then on top of that they want to showcase how great apex is and they, they decide you know what what better way to show how great the game is and how much we love it than to go ahead and join into the algs craziness and they're already showing how much of a powerhouse they can truly be, which is nuts considering Nicewig is probably the number one controller player. Just I'm, I'm struggling on mouse and keyboard and this yeah. man <laughs> just makes me look like even more like dog water as the kids say.
0: Yeah. And if anything, we are here to promote their content, right? They might not be the best team in, in ALGS. And to be honest with you, we don't really expect them to win ALGS but the one thing that we want you to do is at least for Nice Week and Timmy, who I who I go and watch. I don't know much about appraise, but for Nice Week and Timmy, go check out their content. They get early access to Storm Point. They caught they you know, stream on a regular basis. Go check them out. Show them some love. Join their Discords and get linked up and learn more about Apex with these guys, as we hope that you're doing with us. And so with that, let's go ahead and head into Week number two, game number one, we have a Northwest ring with a pull to Skyhook. Skyhook is always a scary place for the final ring. But we're starting the day out there, right? We got to listen to complexity set up for the ring placement with some great discussion about the, the new loot they needed, right? So a lot of times whenever you get to the point where we're listening to gameplay, it's really not about loot. At that point, right? Um, By the time that the casters usually get into listening, it's more about teams are talking about rotation or the fight that they're in. But we actually got to hear Complexity come out and say, you know, we don't have the greatest loot for this fight that we're in. Let's fall back into Skyhook and get better loot. So that was a really cool aspect to see from a pro team, you know, utilizing loot over the KP that we know that they could have secured in that fight. We have Monsoon on that team, and Monsoon has got one of the greatest stories. You know, I think he went from homeless to playing in um, Apex in Taco Bell to to being an ALGS player. I mean, this dude is one of the best players out there. Um, So exciting to see complexity here in this lobby.
1: Real quick. Um, on monsoon he was homeless not only was he trying to play in like anywhere he could get free wi-fi the reason he got known is because he absolutely and i mean absolutely went up to shroud gun in hand and just demolished this man's day i the clip of him killing shroud i've never seen anyone Kill someone that good. Sharp may not be a big <laughs> Apex player, but he is an insane FPS player. And Monsoon just, it was, it was just another kill on the feed. Didn't matter. Yeah. Just walks up, deletes him, moves on. And now we get to see this man play. And that's, it's just heartwarming.
0: Yeah. Cool. And so as teams set up in Skyhook, we actually see that the final circle is going to be right in the middle of countdown with 10 squads left in the final circle carnage ensues as the winner is deemed worthy due to their ability to utilize their comp with willpower and discipline. And I actually don't have the winner down for this match. I'm really confused why I don't have the winner down. So we will definitely, I will definitely make a shout out to whoever that is next time, but it definitely was a Gibby, a Valk and a Caustic, um, set up there and they what they basically did was they fought in the rocks they had the caustic um bubble the caustic or the gibby bubbles going the caustic traps being thrown um and they just completely demolished the teams that were left in the middle of countdown so i'm extremely sorry to whoever i don't have unless you know you don't know drop you simply do you
1: oh no not off the top of my head i just saw that wait who did it who did it i was trying to hurry up and look but it's It'd take too
0: long. (laughs) Yeah, no. So definitely a team, you know, the team with Gibby, Valk, and Cossack take the win. I'm sorry for that. Um, We will get that in. Sorry again. Um, But let's go ahead and move into game two. We can't let that hold us up. Circle pulls towards the south, towards tree and lava siphon. The final circle ends up taking teams to an open area just northeast of tree where the tether comes over from the high ground. From lava siphon. So imagine, you know, you're pushing out a lava siphon towards tree. You climb that wall. There's the tether that aims down towards tree. And that's exactly where we are. We're at that RV. We have a hundred thieves sitting in that RV as the ring looks. To favor them, they have a Spitfire in hand as they rain damage down on teams above and below. And even as they begin to push the team from above, they actually have one little straggling player, uh, a, a rat as we call them, that's sitting there and causes problems for them. So, playing with a need for patience, they actually get jumped on. They get jumped on by Estrella Esports with an Octane push. Um, to secure the win, so and I believe that this Estrella Esports is actually a team from Mexico, right? It's a it's a fo- it's a Mexican team is what I think they they mentioned in um, in the ALGS. So great win there for the people from Mexico or Latin America, wherever they're from. Um, and they had a Gibby Acoustic and a Valk composition, and they were just perfect as they waited patiently as a team pushed into a hundred thieves who we thought would win. And then they came in and did the cleanup and it was great. Right. So great game two um, in week two. Uh, So then we had game three where we had a final ring that looked to be West of launch site. And uh, you know, of course this ring being West of launch site is full of lava lava everywhere teams in order to get places. They're going to have to, I mean, this would be perfect for Ash, right? You know, an ash being able to skip right over that lava. I oh, yeah. lava experience. is hot. Yeah, lava <laughs> is going to burn you. Um, so, with good amount of teams down, with only ten teams around four, everyone begins to push each other to gain the power position towards dome. Only four squads remain as round five comes in in the final ring. It is complexity who thirds from a better ring position to gain that dub with a wraith, a gibby and a Valk. So good games from complexity there. Uh, Monsoon showing him, showing us that he can lead the team to a victory, right?
1: Oh yeah. Personally, that's my favorite team comp for ALGS because it it just gives you so many options.
0: It's good. It's really, really good. Um, Then we got a drill tower in game four. We got the drill tower to the North of Landside Seems to be the center of this ring. Do the circle squads fall quickly as they try to gain position as ring five? Um, there is only nine squads left. This tower is much different from overlook, right? If we look at the tower, uh, you know, just uh, south or north of landslide versus the tower in overlook In overlook, there really isn't much um, ability to to uh save yourself from damage whereas this tower there is it's so high up the tethers are much longer it's already on a rock base so in order to do damage the really only damage coming towards these people is those gimme ults or the valk rockets as they come up towards them up at the high ground right so this is really a place where if someone gets there they can stand there tall right and that's what exactly what hundred thieves does They rain damage on below, denying anyone from moving into the space below them. In the final circle, we actually see a hundred thieves. Having abandoned the high ground, they drop on a hungry team of X set who had already set up on the low ground as they take the win with the Valk, the Gas Boy Caustic, and the Bubble Boy Gibby. I just want to say that
1: maybe they should be called upset because that was insane.
0: Yeah. It was it was crazy um uh, you know and hundred thieves was forced to put to move on this there the ring was coming in on them um and and just the composition that exit had with the caustic um and the gibby really gave them what they needed to secure that win because as you know sometimes you know high ground doesn't always mean anything i mean if you have a setup on the low ground that you know will work as the team above you is going to drop into it it makes sense and that's exactly what ex X set did here um, by taking themselves and staying on the low ground. So then we have game five. The ring is situated in the open areas between geyser and lava siphon. The terrain is rocky with a defined high ground, which is near lava siphon, right? So you have the the cliff that looks over the low ground in, uh, as you come from geyser to lava siphon, but with only 10 teams left in the ring 10 in ring five, The question is, where can 10 teams hide in this area that has barely any cover? The terrain is pretty open, Um, so we see bubbles pop everywhere. We see caustic traps just thrown randomly across the terrain as teams begin to move around. We have three teams left as the final circle closes. Esports Arena comes from the high ground in patience to wreck the remaining two squads on the glow ground, knowing that there were only two players left. They do a smart strat where they send two players down in order to confirm the kill while one remains on the high ground with a composition of Gibby, Valk, and Cossack. And so that that strategy right there, Dr. Shrimply, you know, the the ability to see that only two people are down there and you, you only want to send two and leave on the high ground. What does that do for for someone like esports if the two people on the bottom are, are to go down or down one person and then the high ground guy has to push in?
1: So, on that, I got to see this in the last tournament we did, or last tournament I did with Chicken Coop. So, this is used to insane effect. So, the thing is, is the two go down to cause as much damage as possible. And normally, in that situation, it should always be your Caustic and your Gibby that go down. Because they can cause a lot of damage and just make them waste a lot of time. And they can use that Valk to float and heal while the others slowly just die. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even if I'm they good. go down, even if they get screwed in some weird way, all she has to do is stay up there and out heal them.
0: So great, so great. Then we have game six, In the final game. We have the ring closing on the bridge between fragment east and west. Do the ring? There's 17 teams remaining because there's buildings everywhere. Right, the big, the buildings actually start to become scarce as teams begin to fall because they are forced to move into the building where other teams are. And you see teams dropping like fries. There's one team, one bridge, there's one building and there's five teams. And once again, exit comes out on tops by showing their dominance as the bridge, uh, as the circle starts closing, they have the high ground on the bridge, knowing that the low ground teams are fighting each other. They drop down with that little bit, little sliver of final circle left in order to gain a great win with a Valk a Cossack and a Gibby composition, such a great way to end week two of ALGS for the North America region. And with that, our leaders of the day were Xset with seventy six, Esports Arena with fifty four, and Space Station with fifty one, proving that Cloud Nine has came out on top for the overall weekend um, there at the second week of the ALGS for the North America region. But we have different overall leaders, and exactly who are those overall leaders as we compare week one and week two, Dr. Shrimpley?
1: So first things first, it it may blow some people's minds that most of the teams we've just mentioned aren't in the top five, <laughs> especially Cloud9, didn't make it. Insane amount of points somehow didn't make it to top five, but that's just ALGS. It's just crazy. So top five, we have our Boys in blue, essentially, sheesh, holding it in with seven points. Uh, Fourth place is Esports Arena with nine. Nobles in third, also with nine, again, due to how the scoring works. Space Station in second place with 12, only tied in points to Sentinels, who have first place due to the points. Now, I will say, before we go to the week two leaderboards, it does not stay
0: the same. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, Cloud9 definitely makes that entrance into the top five in week number two.
1: Not only that, so does X set with their insane display mm-hmm. of dominance. Yes. So with that, they make it to fifth place with 13 points, which is big. Just for a quick comparison, we try to find them in the, there. they, they aren't top 20. I can't even find them on the sheet. They didn't even make <laughs> top 20. And now you want to tell me they're in fifth. That is insane sentinels are now in fourth place with 13 points just due to the scoring they are just barely above except cloud nine you would have you would believe they'd have been first the whole time with the amount of like the performance they gave they have 17 points for third place esports arena beats them by a point for second place 18 points and space station coming in at number one with
0: 19 points the boys in yellow the the, they got a cool little logo there with a little little space station head and a yellow circle. They're definitely in style and they are coming in on top, man. Such a great ending to week two results that we didn't expect. Right. When we saw week one did not expect this, especially with exit. I would say that they bring the biggest upset as far as the leaderboard goes, as they pass Renegades, Noble, NRG, TSM, Sheesh. I mean, these guys went from the bottom literally to the top, man. Such great players.
1: As Drake would say, started from the bottom, now we're here.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with that, why don't you go ahead and tell us the top kill leaders and what teams those people were from in week number two.
1: All right. For everyone listening, I want to make it perfectly clear that this is nuts. Just mm-hmm. the, the, the things I'm about to tell you are going to blow your mind. So, for the three top kill leaders that we have x set comes in to hold first and second place second place is held by claim with 15 kills nuts clarify and first with 15 they're tied together now who's in third you would think maybe they're too far apart maybe it's crazy you know it's slurpy from sxg with 14 like sxg is in ninth place currently. And they're still Mm -hmm. showing that they're here to fight, that they are willing to take fights to try to get themselves up. So I'm pretty excited to see where else they can go in the next week.
0: Yeah. Great teams here. Great people um, playing for these teams. So, and all this does is show you that, you know, it doesn't take kills to get that top spot. You know, and these people in here are people who are wanting to fight towards the top spot. Except in SXG are not teams that are gonna be like, oh man, we expect them to be at top one. These are teams that know they need to come in and fight, and they're putting the kills out there in order to get that placement on the leaderboard as the split one playoffs are only three or four weeks away, right? Why don't oh, we go yeah. ahead and talk about the different uh team comps here uh that were played in this Group uh, and Not only this group, but also the first group on day number uh, three as well.
1: And also just most of ranked. Mm-hmm. You, you will see these comps everywhere. They're good comps. So we have our number one comp, which is the Valk Gibby Caustic. It's great. You have a lot of options. It's not my favorite, but mm-hmm. I know why people use it. You, you've got good defense. You've got good offense. If you don't think Caustic can be aggressive, you, you're wrong. Then after that, we've got Gibby Octane. Bloodhound feels like we could just say these are the OGs here. That's mm-hmm. just, I mean, there's no need to really explain it. We all know why it's good. After that, we've got Gibby, Crypto, and Valk, which a lot of people might find kind of weird. Oh, but but Crypto's not so great. But we will get into that. I'm pretty sure Geo, you've got some good notes for this as to why okay. he's here. All right. And after that, we've got Gibby, Bloodhound, and Wraith. The other OG squad does not need any explanation. And then after that, it's Gibby, Wraith, Valk, which is my personal favorite for rank stuff just you're it's just good it's just good you like rotations mm-hmm. you've got it you need to get in and out of places you got it you need to get in a big fight you've got it it's it's solid
0: yep you need to rain down damage from above you need to come in and and, and steal somebody with a portal you need to flout and reposition to get to the high ground in order to take the dub you've got it with that um you know i really love And I really didn't expect to see much of Caustic, especially on World's Edge. You know, if we were playing in Kings Canyon, perfect. Caustic would have been there. Um, But, man, Caustic in these end circles is one of the uh, best picks to secure a win, right? Such a great pick. Um, And most of the teams won with that composition of Vout, Gibby, and Caustic. A large amount of people did. Um, But we did see in this in this group, a still not as a variety of pick as we would have saw in like Europe, middle East and Africa. Right. Um, They still stuck to their guns, not as uh, a crazy uh, character picks as, as we would have hoped, but we still got to see them utilize these comps. And what this does is as we go into rank play, we can watch these guys and watch them get it done. Right. Um, then we did have a little bit of conversation from the host, um, as they discussed, which character was best for surveillance the bloodhound or the crypto right so the main team that makes crypto come to mind was TSM Imperial how was on crypto and so crypto as a character uh, we talked about this actually in week one um, but crypto allows for surveillance to happen but of course you have that sedentary light uh, you know sedentary play where crypto just sits there right and you can't really get out of that he's not a quick character to get um you know to get that surveillance with but overall a great character not only get surveillance with but the ult adds to that right and then we have bloodhound um that while is not like crypto where he can you know his scan covers as great of area as cryptos will and, and doesn't even tell us how many teams are around them um bloodhound as far as quickly finding out the people that are directly beside you is an important character to play. And we saw that with Cloud9 as they took out TSM, right? They had the Bloodhound. They were able to get the scan. They that With the scan, they were able to know exactly where TSM was. They were able to know exactly where Premiere was and set up for the win as they took that game. And so, you know, I just want to look at these two Um, and, and, and say, you know, whenever you're trying to decide which surveillance character you play, you need to make sure that you're, that you're, you look at exactly what they use for, right? Bloodhound, I would say is a character that goes with the flow, right? It's one that your teammates don't really have to worry about covering you. Um, but you still get the information that you need, maybe not as much information, but you get the information that you need in order to make the calls because a lot of times in these uh, games we have people that are literally you know outside of the door of each other right and so to have that bloodhound scan tells you exactly who your next threat is the crypto on the other hand is a a character that you have to protect it's like protect the king right um meanwhile dr shrimpley is trying to kill some kind of
1: sorry i got a mosquito texas problems
0: Uh, so yeah so crypto you know he's one of those characters that you have to protect but the information that you can gain as far as flying in um, watching a fight happen really analyzing what guns they have that kind of information that comes with that is a very uh crucial thing to have on your team so the the really question i have for you dr trimpley after me going over that who do you pick out of Bloodhound and Crypto, if, if you were chosen to pick a surveillance character to play.
1: So for me, here's the deal. If you have a good Crypto man, you should take them. They are actually the better surveillance. 100%. Crypto can't be beat on that. Unfortunately, if you don't know how to play them and you don't know how to mm-hmm. coordinate with them, you might as well take Crypto, throw them in the bin. So the reason I would take Crypto is if you can pre-set up that drone, which is the mistake how made, he forgot to or maybe it got destroyed, I don't know, we didn't get all of it, right? Is the one I watched, I didn't get all of it. When you pre-set it up, you can use his ult without anyone knowing where it is, and it can force a lot of people to get out of position. Or you can set it up as a flank watch, which is what I would have done in the situation they were in. Set it up somewhere, don't try to get scans with it, just have it watching your flank and nobody can come up behind you. But in that same regard this is where bloodhound shines every few seconds you just scan everyone knows you scanned they can see where you scanned it's like inviting people to get out of their position and come fight you and if you're in a good spot well lights out thanks for the kp thanks for my new placement Mm -hmm. see you later
0: yeah with the scan like with bloodhound it's instant um, with Crypto, you're going to hear that drone, right? And you have an ability to take away the scan and surveillance from Crypto. Bloodhound, you don't have that ability to take that away. Um, so Bloodhound definitely brings, and, and that's who I would pick, right? Um, I, I like playing Crypto because I like um, being a little bit passive, but Bloodhound, as far as aggression, um, he can be played both as an aggressive player and a survivalist, um, or they can be played, sorry. Um, you okay. know, they can be played, That way, um, but that definitely takes us into our final topic, which is learn from the pros, right? And crypto here. So last week I mentioned that, you know, if you're someone going against crypto and you get it, you'll get the indication that the crypto alt is happening, quickly drop your armor. But the same thing goes for whenever you're on a team with crypto, right? A lot of people, we see shield swaps happening whenever someone has a Kraber, you know, Hey, give me your purple shield. I'm already red. I can level it up. Same thing can be applied here with crypto as you can swap armor whenever you use a crypto alt to gain Evo points, right? So huge here. Did you yeah. have something to say?
1: Yes. So, on that, something that people will probably try to respond with or think is a great way, and I've had to test this and shown that it doesn't work. If he activates alt and you go, haha, I'll delete the drone. He doesn't care. It goes no. off anyway. So yeah. you just don't take the time to shoot it. Let it happen. Take your armor off. Move on.
0: Yeah, but definitely, you know, whenever you, if you're somebody with like white armor, uh, the rest of your team has blue and, you know, your crypto is about to old, ask your crypto, hey, take my armor um, so that I can get it boosted up to that maybe next Evo shield. Um, right. So crypto can be strong there in particular. Then we had Gibby, right? And this, this is the legend portions. Gibby um, showed up and showed out. So one of the first things about Gibby is that you can alt on the high ground when moving from the low, right? And so the reason I bring that up, um, and we talked about that with Renegades, when they secured the win uh, by a thermal station. But with Storm Point being a map that literally scales upward. Right, it's a giant mountain from the the ocean at the bottom to the the highest highest point um, with the lightning ride. Um, this is gonna be one of those characters you're gonna want to play because as you're moving up, you can literally put a Gibby Ol in between you and that team that will block their their vision of their vision of yeah their, their vision and will <laughs> also deal damage to them if they push you. Right. And so you're able to reposition above them. Because imagine that you're on low ground, a team's above you, raining down, uh, you know, damage. You Gibby ult, and then you have an Ash on your team. As the Gibby ult's going on, that team's probably confused of what's going on. They're looking everywhere for you, but you've already Ash ult way past that other team, and you get to flank them in the rear. Right, oh yeah, Which such is- a great composition. We're gonna be talking about Ash in the regular episode yeah. with Elmer Fudd That's later. Yeah, yeah. Just so be
1: careful, Fudd's gonna get crazy. Everybody, just know he's gonna get mm-hmm. crazy.
0: <laughs> uh, and then one of the other things I saw was, you know, a hundred thieves was in that tower whenever they were in that game, and they had Gibby. Right. And so, like I said, the the dangers of being in a tower is you either get rained down with Gibby ults, you get grenades thrown at you, you get Valks uh, rockets coming in at you, you get a bunch of things happen. And so one of the biggest things when you play Gibby is, is when to use your bubble, right? And you can take damage as needed, right? You don't, you don't always want to be, oh, as soon as I get my bubble, I'm going to throw it down, right? Because it, it that's just not how you should play that character. You should play the bubble when it makes the most sense, when you could take the most damage. That's, you know, that could be easy as, hey, I want to save the bubble so that we can drop on low ground because we notice that two teams are taken out, right? So we can secure, secure some more KP. So be um, very wise in how you use the bubble with Gibby. And then the last thing is you can use... Gibby ult to rotate when your your back is against the circle, right? Um, you definitely, you know, a lot of teams and a lot of t- times uh, in these final circles in ALGS will be at the very edge of the circle. You know, they're like, ah, oh, where do I go next? Where do I? How do I get out of the situation? Well, that's whenever you use a smart gibby on your team to throw the ult in order to move. Um, Through those teams get more into the circle uh, and that's exactly when your shield is important, right? You're close to the edge You throw the ult you use your shield you move into it You move, you know, you let wait for your ult to to get out and then you move more into the circle after being protected by your shield Right, so a smart gibby player on a team will make all of the difference And so that's exactly why I wanted to really bring out gibby um, This week did you oh, have anything else you want to say about Gibby?
1: So my advice to anybody who is trying to f- work that Gibby into your team comp, because let's be honest, not everybody wants to play Gibby. I mean, he feels slow. He's not saying speed as everybody else, which just a little usurped on that. The reason him and Caustic feel slow is they are taller than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So their yeah. actual, like their actual point of view is in fact higher than the other characters, which is why they feel so clunky is what I've read about. But the biggest thing about a Gibby is you are your team's anchor. You are their heart. You are the reason that they stay alive because you can get more Evo points by putting out damage. You take their shields. Thank you. Get some shots out with your arm shield out. Here you go. Everyone's got purples now. And then not only on that, there are some crazy plays that you could do with a caustic, which not a lot of people do, but I am starting to see more in ranked where they will throw down, the Nox gas from Caustic, and then a bubble on top of it so that people Mm -hmm. cannot use the bubble with you. You jump down with your team, hide in the gas, where now Caustic has thermal, just like Bloodhound, and they can no longer get inside of your bubble shield, you just poke, fight, boom, boom.
0: Yeah, and I'm super surprised, man, that not a lot of people play Gibby because literally, if you're anyone who watches the LGS, if there's any character you can learn, it's Gibby. Because it's played on, he's played on every team. You know, if you really want to learn how to play Gibby, just watch ALGS and watch the Gibby players. They'll teach you how to play. Then the last thing is just a fun thing um, that I saw Cloud9 do as they went from thermal station to the high ground. Um, you know, they have a Valk on their team. And then as soon as they took off, not only were they spinning like I mentioned last week, but they were also like emote, emote, emote as they were flying. Because the spinning and then the emoting causes your character <laughs> to move around. You know, for me, that's not something I think of. It's just not. I don't really and I don't even know what the button for emote is on my keyboard, to be honest with you. I have no idea. Right. So seeing that, if I have a Valk on my team, I'm definitely gonna be emoting whenever I fly.
1: Right so two things when you do the emote when you fly. First off, you dodge bullets. Second It's a flex.
0: (laughs) And that's exactly what Cloud9 was doing when they did that, man. A super flex there by Cloud9. And, of course, they don't win that game. Uh, Renegades does. But... They still got the flex on everybody else. So I definitely want to talk about some strats and we don't have to go to into these detail. We will eventually put strats into our regular show where we will go into them more detail. But some of the things that I wanted to talk about that these teams made sure they did. So the first thing was sticking close together. These teams stayed together. They rotated together and they played as a team that should come. You know, you should think <laughs> Whenever you think of apex, it doesn't happen often in the lobbies. I'm in. I am in. I'm a gold plat player, Right. A lot of people will venture off on their own in ALGS. You don't see that at all, unless it's necessary or unless you're just as great as Lou and you can just go take a one B three casually and destroy (laughs) anybody you come and shot with. Um, Then we had calling shots and dealing damage together. You know, a lot of people, whenever they're like sitting in the RVs, especially when the final ring is coming in, you know, if they see a rat, they'll all say, Hey, we have a rat over here. They'll ping it. And then they'll all point at it and deal damage at the same time. Hopefully, planning to take down that character that can happen at almost any time of the game, right? If you see, maybe you and your team are sitting off far, you all have snipers in hand, use this strategy in order to secure at least one KP for one of your teammates, right? Uh, Very, very, very big here. Um, Seeing multiple teams drop and rotate and set up extremely early for ring. This is almost in any ALGS game. At least two or three teams is going to set up in that final ring. They're going to guess exactly where it is, and they're going to be literally having to poke for damage in order to get their, their uh, EVO shields leveled up. And so you can utilize this, right? Set up in that final ring. Say say you land close to it. You're like, I don't want to spend the whole game rotating. Go ahead and set up. You know, Put a couple of shields in there for swap. Um, do anything you can to prepare for the final ring that's coming towards you. We then have focusing teams with lower armor. A lot of the ALGS people, whenever they're fighting other teams, whenever they're poking at people, they'll say, oh, team has white armor, team has blue armor, whereas the other team above them might have purple, red, or even gold armor, right? And so they they notice those teams with lower armor, and that's the ones they end up pursuing because they know that they can take them out easier, right? You can do the same thing. Guessing where the final circle may be, uh, you know, Scary. It might be something that you're not used to, but that's exactly why it's important to get to the scans. As I mentioned last week, um, especially if it's going to be a weird zone and you want to make sure to get the power position early. Playing the edge of ring can also be a viable comp. Say you're down one car- one player, right? If you're a team of two and you want to, you can play the edge of ring in order to rotate in order to gain more placement points. And we've even saw teams of two take the dub because a third party the final fight. So it can always be a way for you gaining that dub, calling out the smart third party, making sure that your third parties are worthy um, and and that they make sense. Right. is important. Comms can be so crazy. Um, And we even see cloud nine with some of the craziest comms out there. Um, But the comms are so important. I mean, do you have anything you'd like to say about cloud nine's comms?
1: Well, like how you put in the notes. Oof. All right, but like you're saying, comms are super important. All information can be good information, but do not overload your comms. Make sure that what you are saying is important.
0: Mm-hmm. Very, very, very important. Um, and then keeping shooting, right? Um, a lot of people, whenever they get into a fight, the first thing they do is go to swap shields when all in reality, maybe you just need to keep shooting. We saw that with cloud nine in that fight. Maybe they lost uh, because of a third party, but they were able to take down the team they were aiming at because they kept shooting in order to secure the, the KP points, right? So be confident with your shooting, keep shooting if it's necessary. One of the coolest things we saw from TSM was they used mobile respawn beacons as cover in areas where there was none. I
1: mean yeah, that that was so. huge. That play over in Geyser, as mm-hmm. soon as I saw him calling in, the casters had no idea what was going on. As a man who used to main caustic for a little bit and using his canisters as quick cover, I saw him start landing. I was like, that's just free cover. So they can stop getting shot by people on top of the building.
0: (laughs) Man. And this is exactly what the pros are for to teach us this using something that somebody like me would never ever think of. Right. And Bill, and also, you know, my final strat here was, finding your angle because TSM used those, they were able to stay behind them and find the angle in order to do damage. Yeah. They ended up losing, but they still were able to do damage to suppress cloud nine as long as possible because they were able to find their angle, knowing um, which way to aim is important, right? Which way not to take as much damage as possible is one of the things that, you know, you definitely need to keep in mind as you push up in the rank system. And then lastly, I had three small fun things that I wanted to cover Um, that I just thought was unique, right? And, And one of these things is for a team's ability to find, feel safe in small places, right? Teams will literally get in small crevices, literally get outside the door from someone else and feel so safe. And if you're playing like me, I get super anxious and super anxiety whenever I play like that. But these teams like, Sometimes it's the teams that find these little small places that secure the win. It's just like energy on
1: dome that Mm -hmm. they weren't in a small place. They just had the tiniest shred of cover. And I can only assume that one of the players like moved in, realized they weren't getting shot, was like, guys, guys, guys here, please just move here and we'll be fine. And it's like they have no cover anywhere else. It's just the
0: tiniest little bit. Yeah, and, and, then, and then the uh, second one is, you know, being teams being as close as possible, but they won't engage each other. Teams know, like, literally know they can push in and do and kill this whole squad, but they literally won't engage them because they know it's not smart, right? Yeah. And it, it just amazes me. Like, that skyhook circle when there was literally a team in each building. Each building had a team, but they didn't engage each other. It was just... It just, it just all amazes me as what people are doing in this battle royale genre. It's right? And then fair. the last thing is knowing what teams are based upon where they're positioned. C9, when they were there pushing a thermal station, knew that they're, the team that was on top of thermal station knew exactly what team it was. I can't remember exactly what team it was. I think it was NRG. But they said, that's definitely them because we know they will play like that because they're smart enough to do it. Um, and that just that's just really cool. Uh, To see that teams pay that much attention.
1: So on that big thing too is the thing that blows my mind is that in other games, you have a coach, an analyst, and then your players. You don't have that in BR because you're never doing one-on-one fights. So the players have to be their own analysts for 19 other teams.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Such, such (laughs) cool stuff coming from the ALGS, man. Such great things to learn. Um, and with that, man, we're actually done with this show. Um, so we definitely want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you all for jumping in. If this is your first time, we want to make sure that you come back. And the best way to make sure that you will listen to us again is by going to our link tree at Linktree forward slash BR underscore broadcast, where you will find our anchor, our Twitter link and our discord and our Twitch link. But also you can support the show by going to Patreon forward slash BR underscore broadcast as well, Um, you know, go there. We have tiers as low as $1 a month and we only go from $1 to $3 to $5 and $5 will get you exclusive access to our notes. So we're not asking for much here. We know that we're not going to be rich from this. And the the big thing about this is we want to give back to the community exactly what Apex has given to us. And that's just an enjoyable time, a time to spend with each other and a time to grow with each other. So uh, Dr. Shrimply, why don't you go ahead and go over uh, your socials so that everybody knows where to find you?
1: Thank gosh that I am a simpleton. Me and my three (laughs) brain cells got together. We talked about it and went, you know what? Let's make this easy for everybody. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Origin, Steam, soon to be YouTube. I'll be announcing some of that crazy stuff later on my Twitch about it. Not yet have an Instagram set up and Discord. All as Dr. Shrimply. Just search in our the BR broadcast one. You can also find me in some other ones like doc, uh, Dropping Spicy like we talked before. Just look for Dr. Shrimpley. You'll find me. That's where I am. Like I said, I'm a simple man.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you can find me on Twitter at Broadcast and Apex Legends prog, uh, Podcast. You can find me on Twitch at BR underscore Broadcast. You can find me on Origin as Mass Geo, Steam as Geo, YouTube as Geo Gaming, Instagram as GeoC, or now the new Instagram, br.broadcast. And then you can also find me on Discord at Geo number 4574, where you will drop into Shadow Royale tomorrow night, submit your games, and gain a thousand Apex coins towards that next season's Battle Pass. Ain't that right, Dr. Shrimply?
1: Hold on one more time. I couldn't hear you. I was way in the back walking my fish.
0: How many coins? A thousand Apex coins tomorrow night by just submitting some screenshots to me and maybe even doing a little bit of costume dress up on your stream. So we hope that you join us there. We ask that you please share the show with your friends and that you rate and review them on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Of course, we are looking for that rate on Apple Podcasts. We have five, five stars right now. We need more. We need you in order to get Get more listeners for this podcast to become the number one Apex podcast to date. And we will see you next time on Broadcast. Thank you for joining.
1: Be safe. I love you.